And when our Lord came and saw us as sinners, what did he see? He saw our nakedness, the nakedness of our sin. He saw that our righteousnesses were just filthy rags. He saw that we could not clothe ourselves and fit ourselves for heaven. And so he gives to us the garment of his righteousness. Do you understand what that means, the garment of his righteousness? We use the story of the prodigal son. He was in rags feeding the pigs, and then the father clothed him with a garment, a garment. But that is symbolic. It is symbolic of a spiritual imputation, a transfer of all the goodness and all the merits, all the value of Christ's life applied to your heart. Welcome your to Let the Bible Speak from Pastor Ian Golliher. We're rejoicing in the birth of our Lord Jesus, and today we come to The Unspeakable Gift, Part 2 from 2 Corinthians 9, and I trust you will be blessed and encouraged in your own heart. Our hymns today, Rejoice, Emmanuel, by our Cloverdale Congregation, and Once in Royal David's City. Our hymn of interest today is All Heal the Power of Jesus' Name, written by Edward Perronet. In Bunyan Fields, the old dissenting burial ground in London, where Bunyan, Dr. Gill, Dr. Rowan, Isaac Walks, among others, are buried, there is a most interesting grave. It is the grave of a young musician, William Shrubsole. And what makes it so interesting is that engraved on the stone is one line of the hymn tune, Miles Lane. It is understood that Sir Edward Elgar declared Miles Lane the finest of all hymn tunes. In 1779, Shubsole had sent the tune to the Gospel magazine, with one verse attached to it, All hail the power of Jesus' name. The next year, the whole eight verses of the hymn appeared, entitled on the resurrection, The Lord is King. Later, it became clear that the author was a man named Edward Perronet. The hymn, extremely well-loved, has appeared in various forms, and at one time was almost rewritten by Dr. Rippon. We give it in its original form. Perronet, as may be guessed by the name, belongs to a family of French refugees. His father, Vincent, vicar for over 50 years at the pretty village of Shoreham in Kent, became a well-known preacher of the evangelical revival. His son, Edward, became closely involved in open-air preaching with Whitfield and Wesley, though later separating from Wesley. As early as 1749, preaching in the open air at Bolton, he was thrown down and rolled in the mud and mire. At first, Edward Perronet seemed destined to become a minister in the Church of England but he became a severe critic. He wrote, I was born and am like to die in the tottering communion of the Church of England, but I despise her nonsense. A pungent satire, the mitre against the established church, gained him enemies. Strangely, living in Canterbury, he lived in a part of the archbishop's old palace. More strangely, when he died, he was buried in the cloisters of Canterbury Cathedral. Edward Perronet became one of the Countess of Huntingdon's preachers, preaching in a chapel at Canterbury, though later he became pastor of a small, independent congregation. Full of fire and enthusiasm, Edward Perronet appears again and again in accounts of the evangelical revival. He is described as passionate, impulsive, strong-willed, but always lived near his divine master. What a witness! 
And today, may the Lord bless you and encourage you through his own word, through the birth of the Lord Jesus, the greatest miracle the world has ever seen, where the God of heaven became man. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And now we begin our uh, program with the singing of the hymn, Once in Royal David City. And I trust you will be blessed and helped today through God's Word. listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and our text today and from the pulpit of our church is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And of course, as we approach the Christmas season, we are praising our Heavenly Father for the gift of his only Son and our Savior. May you rejoice today in God's gift to you. And I know there are many, many people here today, and you come to God's house out of thanksgiving for the wonderful Savior that we have. I have no doubt that for a moment, that in many, many hearts here today, you took the hymnal, you sing, you praise your Savior. And if there's someone here today that's not doing that, we invite you to join in. This is God's unspeakable gift to us. Now, I want to move on to the individual Christians' personal appreciation of Christ. Now, it is a problem, of course, to give a gift that is not appreciated, a gift that the person really doesn't want. 
And sometimes children, they can be crafty enough uh, to, you know, what is good manners. Mommy always tells me to say thank you. And so when someone gives a gift, the child will say thank you, and then throw it in the corner and go play with something else. Well, that's not really appreciation. And of course, adults, they're a little more astute. Uh, when they receive a gift, they know to say all the right words and not allow someone to see them throwing it in the corner and go play with something else. They will be careful that they don't offend. But God sent his own son to be appreciated. And what a great judgment will come upon those who reject the Lord Jesus. Now, how can we ascertain if we have really, really, really appreciated the gift of God's Son? Let me give you three pointers. Number one, we appreciate the cost of the gift. You know what giving a, a gift card is like? I love you up to $50. Well, when you think of this gift of the Lord, it was a birth of humiliation, what it cost him to leave glory, come down into the cursed world. Heaven is a place of no curse. Earth is the place of a curse. Heaven is a place of no sorrow. Our Lord Jesus came into a world filled with sorrow, and he tasted of the cup of sorrows more deeply than any other human. Heaven is a place where there are no tears. Our Lord Jesus, he shed tears. Three times it's recorded, but as an infant, I'm sure he shed tears. He went through all the pains and the pangs of all children. He was born into the world through the pain of childbirth. You see, the supernatural conception of our Lord Jesus did not mean a supernatural delivery. Mary knew the pains of, of, of childbirth. And that infant that was born, like most babies, came into the world crying. A healthy baby soon cries. In heaven there is no night, but when our Lord came into the world it was night. It was darkness, symbolic of the spiritual darkness of this cursed world. It was a, a birth of untold humiliation. And then the, the life of our Lord rejected of men. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. He was the unwanted Jesus Christ, the unwanted man. And many turned away from him. And there came a point where the Lord Jesus had to say, will ye also go away? He was the man of loneliness. And certainly when we come to the cross, his death was a death of untold humiliation. He became a curse for us who knew no curse. Hanged on a tree to any Jew, that is despicable, that is shameful, that's a scandal. And our Lord Jesus bore the humiliation. He was despised and rejected. Now, is that true in your heart today? Because faith does the opposite. Faith enables us to see the cost and appreciate the value. We also appreciate the clothing of this gift. Now, the clothing is Christ's 
holiness and righteousness. And there's no better gift than a gift of clothing, because these bodies of ours, well, they need to be clothed 365 days of the year, whether it's hot or cold, whether it's summer or winter, uh, we always need clothing, and there's no better gift than the gift of clothing. It's certainly to be appreciated. And when our Lord came and saw us as sinners, what did he see? He saw our nakedness, the nakedness of our sin. He saw that our righteousnesses were just filthy rags. He saw that we could not clothe ourselves and fit ourselves for heaven. And so he gives to us the garment of his righteousness. Do you understand what that means, the garment of his righteousness? We use the story of the prodigal son. He was in rags feeding the pigs, and then the father clothed him with a garment, a garment. But that is symbolic. It is symbolic of a spiritual imputation, a transfer of all the goodness and all the merits, all the value of Christ's life applied to your heart and your life. And so when God looks upon you by faith in the Lord Jesus— he sees you clothed, perfectly righteous for heaven. And therein is the value of this gift. There is that we must appreciate. And so this gift is unspeakable because it takes a sinner in his rags and gives you the garment fit for glory. That's amazing. That's unspeakable. How do you explain that? How do you tell that? And if you are resting in the clothing of the gospel that takes you from being a filthy, ragged sinner in God's sight and makes you pure and holy in God's sight, you're rejoicing and you're saying, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. We also appreciate the contentment that this, this gift brings to our heart. Uh, we notice that with Simeon and Anna the contentment that it brought to their life. Now, many gifts, they, well, receiving the gift with its wrapper on brings its own thrill, and then unveiling the, the gift brings its own thrill, and then starting to use the gift for the first time, that brings its own thrill, and then it wears off. This is not what I thought it was going to be like. Or maybe it just doesn't function. And of course, tomorrow, this week, our retail stores, their busy lot will be returns, 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 returns. Well, I'm offering to you today the unspeakable gift of God that no true believer will ever return. You'll never want to part with this unspeakable gift because it brings unspeakable peace. It satisfies. He satisfies. He restores your soul and satisfies your soul. And of course, Christ is the Prince of Peace. And for the troubled, tried soul, there's no other way to peace than through the Lord Jesus himself. Now, as you look back over this year that has gone by, Maybe it has been a very troubled year for you. Perhaps there have been more heartaches and tears in your life. But there are other people who seem to be at perfect peace. But it is a false peace. It's a peace when there's no peace. And Jeremiah addressed that. 
It's the peace of ignorance. It's the peace of blindness. Not knowing that every day is a journey to the precipice of the cliff. And another movement, another, just a little push, and you're over the cliff, and yet you're at peace. It's a peace in the blindness of self-confidence, self-contentment, when you're not saved, not reconciled to God. But the Lord Jesus, the Prince of Peace, He brings true peace. And how much is that worth? How much is that worth? Can you tell me, what's the limit in spending on this peace? Will you give up your most favorite jewel? Thinking of the ladies here now. Rings and diamonds and necklaces and that favorite piece. Would you give that up and give that up that you might have peace? I think you would. I think you would. Man, would you give up your car that you might have peace in your heart? Would you give up your home? What's your home worth? Some people might have a home worth half a million dollars. But if there's no peace, what's it worth? The thing is, you can't buy peace. But Christ did. And this is the unspeakable gift because of its infinite value. It can bring to your life what money, assets, materialism can never bring. That's why Christians rejoice. That's why Christians have the spirit of thanksgiving. That's why we'll come to God's house and we'll take our hymnal and we'll sing and sing and sing because we have this unspeakable peace this unspeakable gift that God has given us. Now, I spoke about throwing gifts in the corner and not really showing appreciation. How do you know today if you really appreciate this gift? Well, we must pray in His name. If you're not using the gift and it's just thrown in the corner and you're not really playing with it or enjoying it or, or utilizing that uh, gift that you've given and you're, you're just putting it in the corner, you don't really appreciate it. Let me ask you through 2010, how often have you prayed in Jesus' name? How much time have you given to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus? The Lord said, ask, and ye shall receive. And if ye ask in my name, our appreciation of God's gift is how we're using the name and the power of that name in prayer. I turn that right around to myself, and I ask, am I preaching sermons that appreciate the Lord Jesus, that display our confidence in the worth of God's gift of His Son? That becomes my challenge as the pastor and preacher, and it becomes your challenge if you want to hear about God's Son. Oh, I don't want to go to church today. No, no time today. Well, maybe the morning, but not the evening, or maybe the evening and not the morning. I just can't do it twice. Why? Well, if our appreciation, and especially if the sermon is Christ-focused, Christ-exalting, leading hearers to a true evaluation and understanding of the Son of God and all His blessings, all His covenant mercies. If the preaching of the Word is on the very Christ-centered message, 
and you stay away, are you not throwing it in the corner? We're also to give in our Lord's name. You see, this little text that comes at the end of the chapter, it almost seems like a little tag on, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. But did you know that the whole chapter, even going back to chapter 8, is all about the giving of God's people in the first century? You'll notice down in verse 7, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And then verse 13, whilst by the experiment of this manifestation, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, for your liberal distribution unto them. And there was offerings being taken up for the cause of the gospel, for the people of God that were in need. And here is Paul's final word. We give because we appreciate God's gift, the unspeakable gift. And we give as we are able. We are give as God uh, prospers us and as we purpose in our hearts out of appreciation. And every sacrifice of the Christian in the name to the honor of our Lord Jesus is really because of that unspeakable gift. And we have, we have grasped something of the value of our Lord Jesus to our souls, and we give in his name. I take this opportunity at the close of the year to thank everyone for their liberal, generous giving through the year that has gone by. This church couldn't function without your giving. The gospel would diminish if you did not give to the cause of the Lord Jesus in this church. And every dollar that you give, every check you write, every gift you give to the work of the gospel here, you are doing it, I trust, because you appreciate God's unspeakable gift. And therefore, Paul argues, we don't give grudgingly, or out of necessity. It's not just, well, it's not my duty. I'm a member. I've committed myself. I'm, 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 I'm expected to. No, it's the joy of our souls because of the unspeakable nature of God's wonderful gift to us. How could we appraise this gift? See, this was the apostle's problem when he used the word unspeakable. He's trying to appraise. He's trying to put a value to it. And he says, I can't because to the Christian who's growing in faith, the value keeps increasing. That's the wonder of this. Not many things in this world are like that. Most things decline in value over time. There are certain things that might appreciate. But our Lord Jesus to every Christian, I can assure if I asked aged saints like me, saved 30 years or more, is the Lord Jesus worth more or less to you today than when you first trusted him? I could guarantee that we would have a unanimous agreement. He is more precious, more valuable, 
And that will be true every ongoing day of our lives, right to the grave. And on your deathbed, and my deathbed, my Savior will mean more to me than any other day in my life. Why? Because he's that unspeakable gift that meets the need. And we love him and appreciate him. Now, this word thanks means a good attitude. And when we see our children receiving gifts and they say, thank you, uh, we say that's the right attitude. But when they come the next day and they say, boy, my aunt was so kind to buy me a gift like this, that's appreciation. Because the child now has opened it, played with it, used it, and slept on it, wakened the next day to reuse it, and still filled with thanksgiving. And that's the appreciation that is in every believer's heart of the Lord Jesus as we go on in the Christian life. I read a story of a Christian camp where people were sitting watching a sunset. And there was one man in particular who was there first and last, and he never took his eyes off the sunset the whole time until the light diminished and the darkness descended. The next day, when someone else asked him, he said, are you a painter? Because you, you were fixated on that sunset all the time. And he said, no, I'm not a painter. I'm just a plumber. But you see, I was blind for five years, and I know what darkness is. When I saw that sunset last night, it meant so much to me. That really is a Christian's testimony. Once we were blind, now we see. There was a time when I had no interest in the Son of God, no interest in His gift, no interest in His salvation. But the Lord has opened my eyes, and I see the beauty that's in Him. Amen. May God save you. is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca.
This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdalefpc.ca, and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning, and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdalefpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdalefpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.